Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. Welcome back to the Waffle House. Hola. Hello, guys. Hello, everybody. Of course, our listeners don't know that uh, this is our second attempt to record and it's uh it's already friday morning and it's uh 5 11 a.m new york time 10 11 a.m irish time how are you guys feeling i'm kind of tired it's very early isn't it oh shut <laughs> up it's hard to say like <laughs> that's exactly what i'm thinking but i can't say that because shut up des is up way earlier than us Des never sleeps <laughs> fair um, play man well I, I had to set the alarm for this one now and for our listeners just so you know uh i'm up this early because i still wanted to have the the i wanted to have the podcast up still early ish on on friday morning you know normally normally i get it up thursday night so that you wake up to a fresh podcast in ireland but uh we had a few technical we had a few technical difficulties and uh we had to re-record we had to re we we, we had to re-record we had to re-record so Sadly, sadly. I uh, had we can say it. I had too much wine and we couldn't use it. We can say it. I'm not ashamed. Oh really? I wasn't I wasn't not gonna throw you under the bus. <laughs> you throw yourself under the bus. <laughs> I, I had too much wine. I said some weird shit. Unusual. Like, not, well, it wasn't that bad. Grand, I, you, no, it wasn't that bad. Was all right, well, we, we, you know But let's, let's not you know, let's leave it there. No, okay, yeah, but I just I, I, I do want to say that we're not gonna talk about that subject matter. However, uh you know uh, we were we were talking a bit about cancel culture and the fact that you had a few wines and the fact that the atmosphere is so it's so it's so touchy nowadays that actually we couldn't use it because we're all just it's all just very touchy in terms of yeah, uh, cancel culture as yeah so but that is a we won't talk about it but it is a good point to say that and it's not the first time I've mentioned it on this podcast that. You know, it, it can be very hard to even just have a discussion about stuff because you're so afraid of how people will respond. And I can can I also point out that the fact that we didn't uh, we didn't use the the other day, it's about the fifth time in the last two years that I've just not bothered putting something up out of uh, out of fear of the the professional cost, as they said in that letter, which was what we were going to discuss. But I don't mind. It is what it is, and it's five o'clock. On a Friday, and I'm happy to just be back and be alive. How how are you feeling, Steve? Uh, I'm I'm doing good. I did wake up to <clears throat> I just put it on Instagram stories, but somehow miraculously, a bird has managed to shit on my bedroom window, which I find amazing. How it's managed to like it's gone down the whole length of the window. How do you even shit up against something? But anyway, other than that, I'm I'm all right. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty miserable weather in Ireland, but the sun is out today, so. Well, I was going to say, also, I was pissed off. We're not going to talk about it, but I'm just going to say this. Mm. I was pissed off because I'd been at it in a tweet about something, and I was, so I had wine, and I was being sassy, which is a terrible Yeah, thing. sassy, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, sassy's okay, but then, you know, it's, it, was, it was all good. We all just, you know, it was it was totally fine, but... Uh, apparently, apparently, I'm kind of aggressive when I drink white wine, someone was saying to me the other day. It's the white wine friends. in particular. 
Yeah, she was like, you're, you pick fights and stuff. I was like, do I? She's like, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, God. You, were, you, 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 you did come off strong and sassy, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm but hey, what, 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 what is... Okay, so what does one think about the professional etiquette of having a few wines when you're doing a podcast? I mean, I would like to think that under normal circumstances where we're not talking about a more serious subject, that it wouldn't be that much of an issue. But what no. what, what what do you feel like? But how I, did you like, feel? The, how did you feel the next day, Joanne? Grass. Like I you mean, know, this wasn't day, like a, wasn't a big deal. It was just like no. But but um, it's funny because last night I did um. Uh, like online show quiz show thing for uh, Booker in Bristol, and um, we'd all I'd had a wine and it was we had great crack. Do you know what I mean? But like, look at the end of the day, I you're way, you're way looser lipped when you've been drinking. Obviously, everyone is, and when you're doing podcasts, you should probably be in control of what you're saying. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't want regrets. And you, t- yeah, well, like, look you don't at, want to look be at, like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have said that or whatever. Yeah, look at Shane Gillis. I mean, he'd be on SNL now if he wasn't yeah. loose-lipped on a podcast. I mean, it's not, it's not like... Oh, that's an old one. That, that was last year. You know, the guy that... I mean, the, he, he did some really bad uh, jokes about Chinese people. And uh, it they resurfaced... I guess it was about two years before they resurfaced after he got booked as a writer on SNL or actually was he, he was a performer, writer, performer on SNL, right? Yeah. 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 So that's uh, like, yeah. that's like the break of a lifetime. And then, and then it was gone. So, you know, you, even oh. though sometimes you feel like you're just having the crack with your friends on a podcast, it <laughs> is know. public. It is um, public. I, what was I going to say? It was something about, Oh yeah. I met a producer at it. This kind of, industry party thing and she was saying to me do you have a twitter account and i said yeah and she was like shut it down now this is in the uk and i was like why and she was like because it's just not worth it she's like i've had acts fired off jobs for tweets they did like six years ago and stuff that's a great point she's just just shut it down just shut it down or it's a great point (laughs) like i don't think i've treated anything bad like do you know what i mean i don't think Mm. or what you can do is hire a company who'll go back into your twitter history and like clean it all up for you make you sound like a saint yeah Yeah, you can get it you can hire companies too to um to clean your google history too so that when people google you the first thing that comes up isn't like you know some bad thing you did yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But you remember John Ronson did all this. He did that book on public shaming. And yeah, so you've so you've been publicly shamed. So you've great, been public, gr- great, great book. Brilliant book. But he was talking about this woman who I think it was your one who tweeted that racist tweet about AIDS in Africa, and then when, by the time she landed, she'd been yes. fired. Do you remember that? Yes. Mm-hmm. I can't remember her name. Justine something. Anyway, in the book, she was talking about how much money she'd spent and how she tried to erase it from like the internet yes but now you just now you're in john ronson's book so all that work (laughs) is irrelevant now because now you're back being associated with that thing you know except 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 it never dies no no you can never make a mistake it never dies you know it never Mm -hmm. dies yeah well the thing i mean that was a great read by the way and it was really it was one of the was one of the beginnings of the discussion of the dark side of you know, destroying somebody for like a like a minor transgression online, uh, but I guess her, w- with her coming back to life within the context of John Ronson's book, it does come and it, it comes in a context where you feel bad for her. Really, yeah, you do feel bad for her. Yeah, you do. Mm. You can't not like the punishment. I just don't think matched the crime. I think she no, no. It, 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 honestly, it it, it 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 very rarely does. 
Yeah, you know? I know. That's, <laughs> that, 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 that's the truth. And that's why I like I didn't stick up for Shane Gillis that time because it was like the joke was quite bad. Like as in like on one level, it's not a big deal. It's just like a very inappropriate Chinese joke. But it was also so immature and so just like it was a hacky thir- joke. <laughs> it was so thirty years ago. Yeah, yeah. And and also because I have a bit of an affinity with with the Chinese, I was kind of like, I'm just not going to stick up for you on this, even though I feel like this is unfair. I also feel like like you should have known. But I mean, it was like so dumb. It was the it was the it was the dumbness of it. That mm. I thought I'm not going to stick up for him. However, I did feel, I did, I did feel bad for him, but I didn't. I I couldn't find out how to defend him. Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. And do you defend someone? That's the other thing because you look. Sometimes people I see online, someone tries to step in and defend someone, and then they just get all the they shit get all well. yeah. Fuck that. Is it yeah. worth it? Yeah. Then you feel bad because it hasn't happened to me. I haven't been in that position where I've seen someone close to me get cancelled in front of my eyes. But I'm sure it's going to happen. Like I'm sure yeah. it's in the post. And yeah. and the way that people are reacting to anybody who does get cancelled now is their best friend. Like you see it with the. For, for example, the Delia situation that's going on in the US at the moment, and that's like pretty controversial what's happening. But straight away, everyone that's close to him is going, I didn't know fucking anything. Good luck. Yeah. Bye-bye. You have to, because you're fucked if you associate in any way at all. I know. Like, if either of you got taken down, I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> you're fucking on your own. Like, I'm just going to drop the mic and walk. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. Although some people did, you know, some people did defend. Uh, Louis C.K. and then they they were okay. Yeah, Michelle, you know Michelle Her Wolf did, man did, didn't she? Yeah, Michelle Wolf didn't distance herself from Louis C.K. and you know, I mean, in fairness, she's so like, smart, man. She's so smart. Michelle <laughs> Wolf, what a great yeah, comic. Like she's she's pretty she's pretty brave at sort of at at stepping on some of the the nonsense. I mean, there is the this was the discussion we were trying to have the other day, but like there is there is benefits of cancel culture. Like there is. There is a huge benefit to society for the fact that the internet has given a voice to people who perhaps didn't have a voice before and also has been able to highlight bad behavior like in a in a in a broad way. So yeah. make things clear, like casual racism, stuff that has been helped by the fact that the 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 fear of cancel culture exists. That's all been a positive. The problem is that like all power in society, mm-hmm. it, it it gets abused. And it's hard to defend the abuse. It's it's hard to uh, to go on the offensive against the abuse of that power without looking like you're defending the the negative thing that they're complaining about. You know what I mean? And that's what's that's what's difficult. That's why that's why it's such a complicated issue. Like the letter, the 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 open letter that was sent in, you know, kind of defending free speech. Yes, I was tweeting about that and then I took it down because I could see online uh, the only response it was getting was people saying that it was JK Rowling trying JK Rowling trying to defend her transphobia or defend her transphobia so I was like oh they, they can't it, I saw it as a wider piece I didn't see it as an issue about transphobia or JK Rowling in specifically I saw it as like a wider thing I just took down so I was like I'm not I'm just not yeah it's it. it's not it's not worth it which is like you know it, it, it it's just it's just unfortunate because First of all, well, once should, the transphobia conversation starts, I like I it terrifies me. You know, I'm just so scared of it, so I just step away from it. Yeah, like, I, I also, I yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, I also don't understand it enough to really have like, a, like, like a strong opinion. But 
I was I was reading a lot about the letter. So for the for our listeners who don't know about this letter, so 150 academics and thinkers, um, journalists signed a letter basically saying that while essentially what I just said, while we understand that the power of cancel culture and calling people out has been a positive, uh, it can be abused, and uh, that the as we said right at the beginning of this conversation, often the punishment doesn't fit the crime in terms of uh, the the professional repercussions due to expressing an opinion that doesn't fit in with uh, uh, where you're supposed to be in the modern world. But somebody made a very good point that the letter itself was kind of silly because the letter itself is just like a mushy nothing, right? Mm. But actually, it was the response to the letter which kind of made the point better, which was people started taking their signatures off it based on the reaction to the letter and in the end, the letter itself was more of a testimony to the fact that cancel culture is a negative because you can't even have a discussion about cancel culture without people getting into cancel mode. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I just thought I saw I saw it as a good thing. I was like, oh, this is a good thing. They're trying to just defend uh, debate. That's what I saw it as. But that wasn't the reaction online. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, I, like, like again, even with something like this, I get, I get, I get jammed up in my head because I never really want to give out too much about cancel culture because there's been so much good that has come out of it. Like, even, even, so let's say even the Louis C.K. thing, right? Because a lot of people feel like Louis C.K. was hard done by, but the truth is that that story about Louis C.K. liking to, you know, taking his dick out in front of people, that had been around for a long time. And obviously, Me Too had a lot to do with it. But, you know, the professional repercussions probably wouldn't have been so severe if it wasn't for cancel culture, the online pressure, you know. And even though some people can argue or not that Louis C.K. was hard done by, but the truth is that it did begin a movement to make... uh, you know, to make performance workspaces safer for women, right? So you got to think long term that it's a huge positive that perhaps wouldn't have happened if it wasn't, uh, you know, if it wasn't for cancel culture, right? Yeah. Mm. But then, but then on the flip side, the 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 professional repercussions slash stress for people who just even might you know, for a period of time, feel like they need to defend Louis C.K. Like, I, I just feel like that's just not fair. You know, like you should be allowed to have a, a, a journey in terms of your ideas where even if you're wrong, as I talked about this before in Alison Spittle's podcast, it's like, why, why is just for a period of time being wrong on an issue so damaging? It shouldn't be mm. the case. You I know? know. And it's not like, it's not like it brings you Yes, they think it's it's dangerous because they they feel like it's oppressing someone or something or uh, a minority group that they're being oppressed and that that's dangerous. I think that's kind of the kind part of, of the part of the issue is is that when you like you're talking about the Louis C.K. culture thing, if some people feel they're right, think that he has been hard done by, all it does, and it's this is happening so many issues, it just deepens the divide. So you get even harder core Louis C.K. fans yeah. who will not listen whatsoever everything on the opposite side is bullshit and then you get people who are completely anti-Louis C.K. and they will protest outside a club and all and there's no conversation the divide well, has just gone deeper and deeper the more you're shouted down the harder you fight 
So like yes. what might start what might start off as a soft opinion on going, I don't know if Louis C.K. I don't know if it was that bad. And you're like, eh, nah, nah, nah. and then you you defend your position more, and then it just gets louder and louder and louder. Yeah. But I do think sometimes the, the cancel culture is when I I think sometimes 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 it's a bit self-serving. For example, our own example in Ireland with Davy Riley and Al Porter. And so I, I we can talk about this, can't we? Well, they're both public figures so Davey was responsible for toppling Al and like rinse Al and fair enough whatever and then when Al was at a comedy club one night or the, he was at the gay bar he was in the George and they got him on stage to pull out a, a, a lottery ticket as part of the bingo and Davey Riley heard about it and was tweeting about how it was a disgrace that he was been given a career and a second chance even though he was literally on a, on a night out and next thing Davey Riley's cancelled mm. for sexual misconduct and, and inappropriate sexual behaviour and then He's sending up, he's putting up apologies. So I have to think that the first, um, the Davy cancelling Al was a self-serving attempt on Davy Riley's part to further his career by giving himself a platform by cancelling Al. Because he was doing the same shit. I mean, you'd have to be, in my opinion, you'd have to be in serious denial to not... He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. uh, No, I'm saying you have to be in serious denial to, to, to pretend that some aspects of cancel culture aren't about the people that are doing the canceling. Are, like yeah. that you'd have to deny that there's not a culture of outrage slash calling out, which is not always about the incident, but much more about the person. In fact, there are literally Twitter accounts that sort of live off of this, you know, the, the, this grievance atmosphere. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm sure I'm sure on uh, I'm not always going to say that they're trying to get more followers. I'm sure they think that they're doing good work. But when your sole mission is about calling out, like you're not always going to be right. And the problem yeah. is that being wrong on the flip side of we're talking about cancel culture, you should you should be allowed to be wrong and not have professional repercussions. But if you're if you're somebody that's always looking to call people out, always looking to be the canceler and you're wrong, are you going to take responsibility when you've missed the mark and now you've mm. caused professional repercussions? So, like, everybody's allowed to be wrong. The problem is if you're in the business of calling people out and you're wrong, are you going to take responsibility for, for you know, ruin? well, not ruining somebody's life, but certainly causing a massive amount of stress to somebody? Mm. I, the part of the letter that kind of resonated with me was it talks about... Hold on. Oh, sorry. Um, my mom's just coming in to get her clothes. Uh, she she heard you talk about canceling. She's like, Joanne, as your mother, I just want to let you know that this is a dangerous conversation. Um, oh, see you later. Um, but the part of the letter that I uh, resonated with me was that she was talking. They were saying that not only do you, do you have to have an opinion on things, or not only if you don't come out and speak about something, if you don't have an opinion or have a voice on it, not only that, but if you're not zealous enough in your opinion about it, <laughs> I was like, I told that totally resonated with me because I'm not not getting into it, but I was at that tweet that I was talking about earlier. I got added in this tweet, basically someone calling me out for not supporting women in co- like women getting you know abused in comedy or women suffering of sexual misconduct for not having a loud enough voice on it. And I was like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, can't fucking do anything, you know. Well, it, yeah, and it, it, in that in that scenario, I feel like it's un- I'd never heard of like giving me shit. I feel, you know? I feel like it. Well, yeah, and in that scenario, I feel like it's unfair to not give people their own uh, amount of time slash mm. their own right to just like if you if you're if you're just not sure what you want to say, you you should be allowed to just 
You should be allowed to just not say like this concept of silence is complicity, especially in a situation where you're an Irish woman in comedy and this thing is going on and you're just trying to process the whole thing, especially yeah. if it hasn't matched your own experience. Like that's confusing. You're allowed to be confused. Like yeah. you, you, the, 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 the moral yeah but the moral certainty of just having a, a, an an initial response is is a fantasy often and if yeah. you're confused you're allowed to just take your time try to figure out what what you're seeing you know or not to mention you're an irish woman in comedy and if it's just too stressful for you you should be allowed to just not make a comment i know and like all that mm-hmm. when i the when the black lives matter um situation kicked off i there was a a woman in, an Irish woman saying that she, I was looking at her because I was like, "Fuck, you know, you're like, what? Okay, what's the right move here? Mm. I hate that virtue signaling bullshit. It makes mm. me feel dirty inside. I want to do things that feel authentic to me and like mm. that are helpful in a in a way. Like, so what's the thing? And I was like, no, I'll just read. I'll just read shit. Just like learn, educate myself. You know. And then I saw this girl and she was posting going, "I've been going around everyone's." Insta stories and Insta accounts to see who's posting and who isn't. And I was in, re- I was like, what the fuck is that? So now you're policing a, wh- a yeah. white woman is going around her white friends policing yeah. their response to Black Lives Matter movement. Like, why? The- what? I'm off watching. I'm not saying I can't. It's not, I don't fucking know what to do. I've never been in this mm. position before. But I'm like, allow me the time to figure out what the fuck I. Well, yeah, what I'm and, doing what I can contribute that's useful. Surely, me educate myself is better than posting a fucking black square on Instagram to please another white woman in Ireland. Yeah, and that's, what, that's Sh- I, I, Chappelle that's got into it. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I I said the the other day. What was the same thing? Like, I didn't I didn't feel you hit the nail on the head there, Joanne, about like being genuine in what you're posting. Like, I didn't feel by me posting hashtag Black Lives Matter any of that stuff that I understood enough to talk about it. Then I go and speak to Eman, a black man in ireland and i really start to feel the understanding of what it is to yeah. actually be to be well i i don't understand but i started to get a little grasp of like the anger and the pain that came out of him in the conversation just because his it's crazy his skin is a different color and he walks into a shop and he'll be treated differently or the things that people will shout at you in the street because of your skin color and i was like how can i be articulating on that you know yeah. how can i be saying and and you're right about that. Like it's so many and so many people on social media in that time, sh- basically shouting. If you're not posting, you're a racist. It's like, I know. It's like am what I the what? Fuck? <laughs> I found this page Black and Irish. Their Instagram account. Yeah, I, I like that page. Yeah, I love. It. I really like it. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like genuinely, very interested in it. Like these black people who were raised in Ireland, one guy, you know, is half Irish, half Jamaican, whatever it is. So I was like, oh, that's something I can get involved in, you know? Mm. So that felt like something useful. Yes. Yeah, but, yeah. But feel like, feeling like you're being judged for not posting that black square, you're like, oh, gee. It's just, yeah, but in fair, it's unhelpful. Yeah, well, black, it's not helpful. It's not helpful. Square, you know? Yeah, the black square thing was silly. And the fact that people were like, you haven't posted. I mean, I got messages too, you haven't posted. But in terms of the black and Irish page, uh, but th- th- that they're very positive, and then they were very like uh, they message straight away, being like, "Thanks for posting." Yeah, you know, nice. there's there's a right, yeah, there's a there's a right and and a wrong way to do it. But there's also just a, I mean, I I, I never complain about the fact that people are like, "Oh, you're a white man. How can you understand?" Because it's like, you know what, you're probably right, and and we're all coming to terms with all that right now. So I I, I have absolutely no problem with that. But I also don't like when people exaggerate. 
the seriousness of of what somebody has done. For example, in relation to this letter, the I think the owner or the the, the main editor of Vox.com. So if people don't know Vox.com, it's a super left um, website. Uh, you know, it just takes like yeah. takes highly progressive positions. And to be honest, I really like Vox. They do great videos. I their content always comes up on my Facebook feed. Uh, which is, you know, that's a positive, right? The Breitbart stuff doesn't come up on my Facebook feed, which Facebook knows that I'm a left liberal guy. Yeah, yeah, when the yeah. Breitbart stuff starts popping up on your Facebook feed, you got you got a problem, you know? So anyway, uh, he was a signature. Uh, he signed the letter, right? And uh, so then a trans woman that works in Vox, I forgot her name, came out and said, on Twitter, she said, I don't feel safe in the at work because you have signed this letter because there are people who are transphobic who are also on on that letter. Yeah. Uh, and I, in my opinion, I think number one, that's an exaggeration. And I, I, I hands up if I if if that sentiment is wrong, hands up. I, I'm willing to accept that. But I think it's an exaggeration of how unsafe you might feel because. Out of 150 people, one or two of them might be transphobic on this letter, which is just trying to uh, add to a discourse about, you know, modern conversation. But mm. um, n- number number two, when you don't email your boss or you don't put that in an internal HR memo, but instead go to Twitter in the midst of this media storm about this letter, you go straight to Twitter to say, I don't feel safe because my boss signed a that is in essence what's wrong with modern discourse because yeah. you're going straight for yeah, how can I get, yeah, how can I get I as much publicity about this thing? And I, I, I think that's dangerous. Like, I don't think that's healthy. You know, I don't think if you're the editor of Vox.com, you should feel like somebody's going to come out and try to try to give you major stress because you signed a letter that basically says, I think we should have a bit more open modern discourse without fear of professional retribution. Mm. And the connection of the two, it's, there's a lot of this. It's like it's a culture of a like somebody's made up these rules that if you've signed this letter, that means you're aligned to what the other person who signed the letter says. Therefore, um, you know, I feel scared to be around you. There's all these rules that people seem to make up. It seems to happen on Twitter a lot where if you don't like this, if you don't post this, that means that you believe in this. And it's just it's just bollocks really isn't it it's um yeah and you well, say it's some a problem it's... With, with, with modern discourse i mean it's there is no discourse there's no conversation you know there's no people aren't i mean some of it's very clear like I, some of it's very clear racism is bad sexism is bad of course. uh you know uh denying denying inequality is bad like all that stuff all that stuff is is great that it's out there yes uh the problem is that when you when you just decide uh you know, when you decide that every gray area is 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 black and white, it just gets it gets very messy very quick. So can I can I can I broaden this out to a bit more of a philosophical conversation? Yes. Unless does anybody have anything else to say directly related to what we were talking about? Um, no. What I would say is a mate of mine, Andrea, sent me a link to an article, which was an article about the letter yes <laughs> and it was saying and it's i read it and it, it is you know there are arguments like she's told me cancel culture is just how the powerful play victim uh, like i don't know it's so confusing i just yeah but I I, I I i yes but i like that because that is literally the essence of what we're talking about which is 
I'm willing to listen to another point of view, which is some people are saying, yes, this is how the powerful uh, play victim, which which I can understand that argument in relation to cancel culture uh, leaves professional repercussions for people that don't deserve it. Yes. Yeah. On the flip side, sorry, yeah. what I was going to say is outside of the concept of the fact that there are victims in relation to cancel culture, cancel culture definitely stifles debate. So yeah, as much does. as the powerful people are playing victim in relation to the the victims of cancel culture, what you're lo- the the other victim of cancel culture is people are afraid to have decent conversations. You know, yeah. like a, even conversations which would that th- that that would be positive for the so called you know the, the the issues that people like to cancel people for. They don't want to have those conversations just because they're afraid to say the wrong thing. That you should not yeah. be constantly afraid to say the wrong thing if you're somebody who believes in trying to come to a consensus. I was at that also talks about a vogue for public shaming, which I, like I, the public shaming thing. I just have, I just you become desensitized to it. It just all seems very. It can seem very unfair, you know. But I remember I was at a dinner party before and I was called a fascist. <laughs> so they were talking about. There was this thing coming in that, oh, look, the sun's come up, Des, you can see you. Oh, yeah, it's been there for Hi. a while, but yeah, I've, I've been visual for a while. Yeah. Visual <laughs> for a while. Um, so they were talking about um, kids who play, kids who are truant, right, who aren't in school, whose parents aren't bringing them to school or whatever, and that they would dock their benefit payments so that they were reduced it by a couple of quid to incentivize them to bring their kids to school. So I was at this dinner party, we were talking about, and I was like, that sounds like a great idea. Immediately, like I knew two people at the dinner party. There was four I didn't know, and one of them was like, "You're a fascist," and I was like, "What?" Like, that's where it no. started. <laughs> that's where it started at fascist because that's hell. fascist. I was like a fascist, and she's like, "That's fascist thinking." And I was like, "What?" And I was so embarrassed. Now, after when everything calmed down, we had the conversation, and they were saying that's unfair to the child because that will impact on the child then if that if they're if the parents benefits are reduced you know maybe the child won't have enough food then and I was like oh yeah okay that's a fair point I take your point you know I was wrong I get that but being caught when when it starts as being called a fascist yeah where can you discuss you can't discuss anything after that you're no of course not. yeah you're too, fascist. they're hardly going to call you a fascist fascist and you're going to go okay let me listen to what you have to say now yeah yeah, I don't yeah. fucking or think like, so. <laughs> exactly. It was just, it just it, it's these, the name calling as well, you know. I remember Katie Hopkins, who obviously is a fucking scumbag. <laughs> there, there'll, be no, there'll be no defending of Katie Hopkins. There'll yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think Katie Speaking of fascist. No, um, Katie's, Katie's an awful person and a professional. Awful, person. awful person. Yeah. Hate monger. And she, I don't even think she believes half the shit she says. It's no. so embarrassing. Yeah, but that's even worse, you know, because that I to know. me is just like, I can't stand. She's, she's, she's making money off that shit yeah i can't stand oh, yeah. people who just is like she though? is she making money off of oh she's, she's making money but anyway, don't, don't get let's not get hung up on her um but anyway she did it she was on the late late in ireland and they had her up against i can't remember noel brain i can't remember who she was debating but it's like no tool no no it was a woman all right um but anyway she ha- she made one valid point which i was like jesus that's that's a that's a bit of a mic drop moment she started whipping out because the person she was debating was like, you're a racist, you're a xenophobe, blah, blah, blah. And Katie took out all these words, adjectives from envelopes. And she's like, yeah, have them all here, have them here. And she's like, the second you call me those things, there's no debate anymore. It's shutting down debate. And I was like, it's kind of true. Uh, yeah, you know? It's not true with her because she is all those things. Oh, yeah, she and, is. And, and she's, she's throwing. <laughs> but I'm, not, I'm not a fascist. 
I mean, no, I, yeah, I think yeah. that would have safeguarded in my material. Can we days, can we use that as the ad for the, the promo for this for this Yeah, I mean that. They, I just don't like using her as an example too much because she is no, all those things and she She's does so say much. outlandish stuff and it's like she can't get upset when people call her those things because she is actually deliberately trying to instigate she or tries to instigate outrage deliberately yes. so she's yeah. she's She's everything that's wrong with the, I guess, the opposite of cancel culture, which is just like, which has been around forever. It's just like, I, you know, people that say, oh, I'm just asking questions. It's like, no, you're not asking questions. You're a wind. You're literally trying to wind the whole thing up. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's worse than what we're talking about, which is just this sense of, you know, what's the word where you, 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 you hit the wasp nest? Isn't there an expression for um, you're shaking uh, things up? Yeah, but you know, it's just it, it, something, something the, the hornet's, hornet's nest. nest. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. poking the hornet's nest, man. Yeah, that's know. just dangerous, man. Yeah. What she does is actually dangerous. So people can call her whatever. I mean, personally, for me, I don't like calling her a racist or 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 a xenophobe. I just like calling her a cunt. Yeah, to be yeah. honest yeah. with you, and you and and I know people all. don't like that word, but she is the epitome of, of the c word. But I the like last that thing. Word. Yeah, the last. Someone invited yeah. me to cunt yoga the other day because I was posting saying I don't like yoga, and she's like, "I run a cunt yoga class." And I was like, "Excuse me," and you do yoga and just scream into your own cunt for the afternoon. She said it's very empowering. I was like, wow. "Sign me up." I wish I had a cunt to scream into so I yeah. could do cunt yoga. I know. You know? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> cunt moments. Just a, a quick digression, but obviously the C bomb is a, a way bigger deal here in the United States, and I, I really, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm constantly like, even playing golf, I'll be like, "Fucking cunt," you know, I miss a putt, <laughs> and then like the other guys will be like, "Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> this I guy's found this it. guy's taking this so seriously." <laughs> I even found that when I moved from Cork to Dublin, that we used it way more in Cork than in Dublin. Then in Dublin, people be like, "Fucking hell, you sometimes." But I'll never forget being in the U.S. I was playing soccer in the U.S. actually when I was 16 and calling somebody a funny cunt and they didn't know what way to take I know. it they, 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 they don't they don't know how 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 the cunt can go into a positive sense yeah yeah it's a good yeah thing. <laughs> but the last thing the last thing i'll say on on just directly what we're talking about is also by the way i guess maybe it's partially because it's been so effective but it always bothers me the way that all these discussions whether it be well whatever issue it is it seems to get the most traction if you can put it on to a personality and say this person is this thing mm. and then you know so like cancel culture kind of thrives in the concept of pick out person and then talk about everything that's bad about this person rather than about the actual issue itself yeah. but i am also willing to accept that that has been very effective in in pushing forward issues that need uh, more awareness so on that level, in relation to that article you were just talking about, Joanne, I can understand how you would argue against complaining too much about cancel culture because it's been effective to take a, a well-known person or a p person in a position of power, label them as that thing, and then let that conversation just go nuts online. It's actually been yeah. effective. I mean, I think there's been results. Yeah. But all, just uh, and this is why it gets kind of it gets very tetchy. And um, someone was messaging me about that article, and they're like, "It's just J.K. Rowling oppressing trans people. She just wants to be able to oppress. Like she's not oppressed." And I was like, "I agree with you. Like I agree with you." But from J.K. Rowling's perspective, which I should never, this is probably a sentence should never be coming out of my mouth. She thinks women are oppressed. She thinks she has a point. You know, she uh, from her perspective, she feels oppressed. 
I mean, yeah, I, look, I just, I just think in I don't agree with Jake, her. I'm just saying that's what oh, I'm yeah. position. I, Oppression is subjective, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but I, I, I also think she has stupidly gone down that rabbit hole. So when I did the, when I did the episode about J.K. Rowling and how she gets bent out of shape, I think that the thing with trans issues is it's also new for everybody mm. that it's better to actually not take a strong position and yeah. just because we're very That's much at a, well well no yeah well that that a hundred percent like that that was the point that i made in the podcast which is like why do you even care even if you even if you 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 feel like, like the the you know the, the the issues that they bring up in relation to hormones for teenagers and all these things that they think are really important right the turfs i'm talking about why are you taking such a strong position on something that's so new and let's just let's just allow that time to breathe so we can come to we can come to a better consensus for everyone but the problem is that it's such a dog it's it's such a it just it just for some reason triggers people so much on 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 the very sides of that debate that it becomes so hot that you get entrenched and then you're you're lost in it you know, and so I don't really know why J.K. Rowling has decided to take this strong position because, actually, as a society, I know trans people know know what's what in terms of what they're experiencing. But as a society, we're really only coming to terms with that. So don't take a strong position. Just 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 let that breathe for a while. That that would be yeah. my personal opinion yeah. on that one. But also, and of my ex- as well, it's, sorry, go on, Stephen. Well, but just in my experience of of having met and chatted to trans people and reading within the trans community as well. There's even complications within that where where certain trans people are figuring their own things out and there's different opinions within that. So you're right. It should be allowed to breathe. The conversation needs to continue and it has to be a conversation. You have to move it forward that way. Yeah, but they shouldn't, they shouldn't take like like J.K. Rowling should not be taking such like the, the thing about the turfs that bothers me, even if people have a problem with, with turfs. Is what is turfs? Sorry, by the way, I'm totally trans exclusionary radical feminist. Trans exclusionary. OK. So basically, uh, a branch of feminism that, that wants is to exclude trans women from okay. uh, from feminism, women, women yeah, faces. yeah, okay. and, and, and also they they take strong positions against hormone uh, replacement. That you know they 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 take strong positions on on issues around the teenage trans people beginning the process of transitioning. Okay, yeah, uh, and and but uh, I, the, I can't even remember what I was going to say there because it. No, no, I know, I, but you, you had, I was talking about the, the, the conversation happening between. No, I know, but I was saying something, and then you said, sorry, what's a turf? And then I, I forgot. You were I talking saying. about, but J.K. Rowling, I think, shouldn't be taking such a strong. Yeah, I mean, maybe, anyway, I don't, I, I don't understand why the turfs are, 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 are taking such a strong position. And, and, you know, and I get it. Some people get their back up because the trans community, very strong online. People that support trans are very strong online. So they do, they get their back up, which I understand. But I also just think, like, it's just we're not clear enough yet for you to just come out strong on either side. You know, like I just, mm. I, I I don't understand why JK Rowling got involved in that, to be honest. Margaret, Margaret Atwood tweeted a very interesting article, which I haven't actually read yet. Um, but about how there's now like scientific evidence to prove that like sexuality, like, you know, there's X, Y chromosomes, a bit of X, a bit of Y, like it's a, a massive spectrum. And um, so there's now like scientific data to prove it. But that's why I liked the letter because I saw Margaret Atwood and J.K. Rowling, who were obviously have completely different opinions on it, um, were were coming together to say we should we want to be able to debate this without mm. either mm. of us losing our livelihoods, basically. Mm. Anyway, and she wrote The Handmaid's Tale. 
Yes, I love a bit of Margaret. Although yeah, I think so he's had her problematic points in the past as well. We all do. Come on, we're all a bit problematic at times. Yeah, we're all a bit problematic at times. I think yeah, the they, trans thing as well, obviously, because with the history of um, homosexuality and it was considered like a mental illness, and they just don't want the same mistakes repeated. Obviously, mm. but I'd say that plays a part in the passion. Obviously, yeah. So this was this was the broader philosophical discussion that that I wanted to have, which is. I've always felt that in the uh, the empty space that's created by a large percentage of the population drifting from religion, because religion gave us a certain sort of moral certainty. You follow this rigid set of rules and you're a good person, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't follow this rigid set of rules, you're a bad person. And I think humans, to a certain degree, actually function well within a, a rigid set of guidelines. And I always wondered, what would it be that would fill the void, you know? and my, my personal opinion is that we need to come to a new consensus, right? That is not from religious dogma, but is a bit more of a, uh, an understood, uh, certainly within, say, Western ideals, you know, like Judeo-Christian values are what we lived on for so long. Now that, that to, to a degree, there's a, a negative feeling towards that uh, moral certainty. So now we have this modern certainty, which is, which is evolving online, uh, and I feel like we're really struggling uh, with the consensus and we couldn't be further from it at this point. Do you think that's part of it that we're struggling to find a modern consensus for right and wrong? I think it's a huge, a huge, I think it's a great point because I think historically we've been living under, as you say, like Judeo Christian moral compass, you know, that set of rules for thousands of years now. And now we're talking about like and and look at I'm not saying people should believe in religion or anything, but it did whether you like it or not, it did offer a structure to society to the way that culture evolved and the way that we did things. But now I think you like it's very if you're talking about something you've been doing for thousands of years and only in the last literally couple of decades, it's only happening now that you're walking away from that. It's a huge I think it's a huge problem because there is no so where is the the center of what it is that we all believe in. Where are morals coming from? Where are where is law coming from? Even you know, it's um, it's yeah, well, hugely that's, scattered. That's when you get into the fact that actually all this is just consensus. You know, the concept of rule of law: what's right, what's wrong. It's all just mm. consensus. Didn't yes. come from God, you know. No. It yeah, is yeah. It, it is just consensus. Even money, economy, you know, it's yeah. all consensus. It's all basically all of us accepting a thing. And then it mm. becomes real, but it's not—it's not actually a real thing. What do you think, Joanne? I think that's why conspiracy theories are getting so popular because people want to believe in something. Have you heard about this giant pedophile ring? Oh, well, yeah. Joanne, what? <laughs> I'm not saying I believe it. I'm just saying. QAnon, QAnon, QAnon. Are we familiar? No, no. I yeah, no, no. I, I absolutely get it, but. It, you don't have a thought about the, the moral consensus? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. No. <laughs> I just, I just, I wanna, I just I I'm sorry. The, the jump, no, no, I get it. But the jump into pedophile ring was just too much for me. I was like, how the fuck did we get here? This was a, yeah. this was a philosophical conversation. Moral compass. <laughs> what about pedophiles? <laughs> the, the reason religion started was to keep people like in check. So that's what a totem pole was. So like the totem pole was one of the first religious things and it was like so that it was like someone's watching you so like you need to behave yourself mm. um but now i think people just take it on themselves i think we're civilized enough to just want to be sound are we no, though no, that's I, the I, question I I, I I i get it but the point is that like w- w- what is sound you know like they yeah exactly they, everyone thinks they're be- everyone no one thinks they're a cunt everyone thinks they're being sound so like the people who are like holding on to their guns in america like everyone thinks they are sound that's the problem yeah, yeah, yeah that, I mean that that is, that is part of the problem. But I mean, uh, uh, you know, guns. I guess you consider that like 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 a political thing. But you know, in terms of right and wrong, like for example, like I really believe in multiculturalism. Like I I, I can't stand nationalism. Mm. You know, I, I I I I like culture. I cherish culture. I cherish, say, Irish culture, uh, Native American culture. I think it's great. I think it would be terrible to lose the essence of those cultures. But then on the flip side, I hate people that fear the loss of those cultures by the increase in multiculturalism because multiculturalism is a direct byproduct of the fact that the fucking world is tiny now. You know, know, like yeah. It's very easy to bounce around. You know, Society's no longer these separate societies that have no influence from the outside. And I'm, I'm very excited about human evolution moving forward based on the fact that we're going to become more multicultural. I always feel that you can protect culture uh, while at the same time embracing multiculturalism, right? That's but within, like- sorry, just, just the final thing I'll say on that is like within, uh, within the fact that multiculturalism really is quite new, it, certainly the broad multiculturalism that we have, that also requires a new consensus. That requires a new way of understanding how society works. But unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be happening uh, in a way that's uh, unified. I mean, it's very divided. But this people of- always push back. People always push against change. There's always going to be people who want change, who are progressive, and who don't want change. But it's also when you're ta- when you're talking about becoming multicultural, what you're talking about is also people's identities. So people are wrapped up in the identity of what their culture is, what country that it is that they come from. They don't want to let that go, you know. Because if we're talking about the tr- the truth of multiculturalism of what you're talking about in the future. Um, you're you're kind of you're tr- trying to kind of say that like, um, you know, Irishness isn't really going to be a thing anymore, and neither is. And I, you know, I agree. I think that's a great thing because I see all the negatives in that. But Irishness versus Britishness versus whether you're um from Nigeria or blah blah, all these cultures, you're going to have to start to let go of all these things that make you Irish, etc. I don't et cetera, think et so. I think that what happens is people actually hold firm onto their traditions, and that's why that like hipster generation in Ireland were all back 
doing trad music and like learning Irish and wearing flat caps and stuff. And not in an, not in an aggressive way, not in a defensive yeah. way. They just were enjo- enjoying their culture more. And that's why I really enjoyed that um, page, Black and Irish, because you could see this amazing coming together of different mm. cultures. So there's like a black lad on there. I can't remember his name. Dave maybe and his parents are Nigerian and he's he's a really big GAA player and I was like it's just kind of cool you know it's like it doesn't mean that they're gonna that different cultures or races coming into your country are gonna take anything from you you can all just kind of mesh I I agree but that the problem is that so many people don't so many people decide what Irishness is or what Britishness they're is. They're older or... and they're, they're older and they're scared and they're they'll I'm not be I know this sounds bad but they'll be dead soon Plenty of no, plenty of young people there's, like there's if you plenty of young, <laughs> plenty really? of young people. Like, you look for, and I, I hate, I hate using this term, but the so-called lower classes or the working classes would be very like they're holding on to the to the identity of what, like. Oh, I, I mean, know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting into this one now, but like my experiences of I racism know, in no, Ireland no. has all been of young people. What your experiences have you had of racism? No, I haven't. I'm not. I'm. I'm saying observing racism happening in the street and stuff like that has been of young people. Yeah, I don't know if it's a class thing though. I'm sure there's plenty of middle class people who are pretty fucking racist. No, but I, I I get what you're saying in the sense that, like, uh, with it's the same thing with like in in the UK. You know, there there is a. I I I I know what you're saying in terms of. certain working class communities, it becomes, I guess, it becomes the consensus within that community or sort like not, not, not a, not a 100% consensus, but a broad consensus within the community that they're coming here trying to take from us, you know, but that's, yeah, but I, yes, yes. But I also feel like it's very, I also feel like they end up on the front lines of, of, in other words, they've access to such limited resources that it's easy for them to feel like we're getting fuck all now. These of people course. are taking from us, you know. So it's very easy when, say, you're in Black Rock to be like, "Oh, it's terrible the way that these people are yeah. not accepting immigration." But on the flip side, they're, they're they feel so shafted by the institutions that it's yeah. easy for them yeah. to mistrust, you know. Yeah. And I'm certainly not excusing their behavior because what they believe is the antithesis to what I believe, but I also um, understand how that quickly becomes the consensus, but it comes from misinformation and fear. Absolutely. Completely, 100%. But the problem is that that fear, uh, people buy into it very quickly, and then they vote for Boris Johnson or Donald Trump. Uh, Yes, 100%. And that's the, that's that's the problem with the internet, is that they can find a safe space to just, to feel like that, that they're right and then when you challenge that, it's so miles away from anything that they've been reading that it, it, it seems too wild, which is very much back to the very thing that we're talking about, which is that all these conversations should all be in the mainstream all the time so that nobody can live in their echo chamber. Mm. This is very waffly. This is a very waffly. This is the most waffly. As well. It's a philosophical of- conversation. <laughs> Just as well as the Waffle That's House. literally what it is. You know what I was, because uh, I studied sociology in college, so I, I I get a kick out of studying little pockets of society and tribal things. And I was walking through, because um, I live in a middle class area, I was walking, well, my mum does in Dublin. I was walking through a working class area and there was Dublin, I think I think I saw about nine Dublin flags. Is that a that? cow? <laughs> oh, mum's having something drilled into the wall. Um, so 
and there was like so many Dublin flags hanging out the windows. And I was like, what's that about? Like, do you know what I mean? You just don't see flags in middle class areas. I'd love to do a study in it. I'm actually going to look into it. I'd love to do a documentary on it. But no one wants it's to make documentaries anymore. It's the same. It's the same in like where I live. There's tricolors all over the place. It's just a way stronger. They're just they have a way stronger Dublin identity than anyone mm. in, in the middle class areas. I don't know. And I'd love to know what that's about. I think it's about economics. But anyway, it's a good that's idea. Topic. It's a it's a it's a good um, doc, isn't it? Wouldn't that be a good doc? It's certainly a good thing to to to, to look into because in rural areas they also, uh, you know, rural areas. Uh, relate strongly to GA. In fact, it's a huge part of their identity. Huge. Therefore, they're very comfortable showing the flags. And you know, yes. Like uh, my ex was a big GAA fan and he was from the north side. And when he moved to the south side with me on the days of the Dublin matches, he always got really upset that there was no flags on the south side. And then you go to the north side and it was dripping in Dublin flags. And like you couldn't miss the match. He's like, well, why don't South Side care? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know where Well care. working class Working class people are more crack. That's a that's a fact. You know, it's the same with Christmas lights. You know, posh people think Christmas lights are kind of tacky. You know, yeah. Some of the, you want to see some of the they displays just want, like, on one, my street. They just want one, <laughs> one of our white gaff lights. literally has a full yeah, size. Yeah, it's massive like, oh, ribbon. I just just one set of white lights on yeah. my tree at the yeah. front. Just, just color palettes, everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So all that. The rigidity of, of, of middle-class conformity is a, a conversation for another day. You know, a fucking hangover from Victorian ideals, like yeah. fucking purity and virginity. But anyway, uh, th- that is a very interesting thing that you should explore, Joanne. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd actually love to. I'm going to pitch it as a documentary. No, it'll make it, but I'll, I'll pitch it anyway. You never know. Well, anyway, that was a great discussion, guys. And we talked about the very thing we said we weren't going to talk about. But My- I have to say, Joanne, after this conversation, <laughs> I have to say that I feel very comfortable that you four wines in was not the right time to have this conversation. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no. For someone who has very little information, I tend to have strong opinions about things I know nothing about. So yeah, you're it's safer in the sober light of day. Yeah, but I, I, I do. I, I wasn't sure. I was feeling a bit bad. I was like, my instinct was to, to stop the conversation, but I was feeling I know you were bad. Like, it was like you were having a, a, um, a little, like you were just kind of rubbing your head silently and, and I could see you on camera. It's like, Jazz hasn't said anything in 15 minutes. This is not good. Well, also I have to say, Joanne, that one of the reasons why I didn't say anything was uh, because uh, as a, I, I, I mean, I, I naturally just sort of took on the role of like the moderator of the conversation, just like, the, like I took on that natural role. So because you were four wines in and you were like really on the, on the, on the, on the loose, I was like, I'm going to wait and see how long, Joanne will talk before she realizes that I'm not saying anything at all. So it was kind of like an 45 minutes. It was (laughs) no, 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 it was about about 10. Uh, But no, no, no. I, uh, right now we're just joking around, but on, on a, on a serious note, it was, this was, I, I, I feel good now. I, I did feel bad at the time. I thought, am I being, am I being too paranoid? But now I feel like, yes, this is way better. It's just, too wild west there uh, a couple yeah. of days ago. <laughs> yeah. Just shooting off shit. And honestly, our listeners lost nothing. Like, I feel like this was actually a great conversation. So thank you both. Thank all of us. Feels like episode thank one. As well. There's so much more in it. And uh, Joanne, you, for a, a rare time that you're with us for, for our signing off. I you know. know. It's because it's I the morning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what am I doing right. today? Oh, I'm going into town to meet Kevin McGahar. Oh, Sorry. Oh, okay. Let's finish it off because I need to talk to you then.
Oh, all oh, right, right. Do, 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 are, are you having? Are you fucking Kevin McGarren? Did you just put your foot in it there? The, the, way, you, the, way, you, the way you stepped off. No, 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 no. no. I just, I put something else has come into my mind there. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. What you ran out of? Yeah. Juice. Are you fucking kidding me? No, it's it's off, and it's got the batteries. Can you not take it from this that you've been doing? Though? Of course, I can take it from the bloody Zoom, but I didn't want to. I know. I'm sorry. It's only the fourth week in a row that I haven't got audio from you. I know, but I'm going back to London next week, so you'll have us. I'll be so back. I told you that you could put it into the computer with the cable. But I don't have the cable. You told me. Problem. You literally told me three days ago you have the cable. I, know, I, I said that, four wines, Des. <laughs> I said four I, four wines in. I have the cable. No, I, uh, oh, Look, just... as frustrating as this is for you, imagine being me. It's way more frustrating being this person than having to deal with this person. All right, well, can we sign off without the listeners listening to our our our, 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 our technical stuff? So anyway, uh, at Joanne McNally Comedy on Instagram, at Hello Steve-O, I'm at this Bishop. Leave comments. Uh, we really appreciate the comments. Uh, if you listen on Apple, if you listen on Spotify, please do take a screenshot. Let everybody know. Um we're getting close to having the artwork, and when we do, we'll be doing a lot more promo. Uh, I've been sort of holding off on the proper promo until we have the proper artwork. But uh, un- un- until that time, do all, all you can to spread the word about the Waffle House. Uh, any final words, guys, or we just shut it down? No. Shut it down. Shut it down. Have a good all weekend, right. everybody. All right. Uh, bye, guys. Bye. Uh, so- Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.